The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. No Politics Okay podcast. My name is Andrew Lenz. I'm your host. And today we are talking Sopranos. This is um, something I've been waiting to talk about for a very long time since I rewatched it. So I reached out to a friend of mine, Mr. Bill Varney. How you doing, Bill? Hi there, guys. Andrew, thanks for having me on. No problem. Thank you, because this is something I wanted to kind of spring off of somebody instead of doing a solo. Before we get talking about Sopranos, I'm going to ask you two questions that you're going to be, you are the first guest that I'm ever going to ask these questions to. So, Fantastic. All right. These are just two random questions. Kind of, these are weird trying to get like your feel and your personality in a way. All right. So the first one is when it comes to say Gatorade, Kool-Aid, or Popsicle. Do you describe them to somebody by the flavor or by the color? So like, um, I'll take like the Gatorade. So there's one flavor in Gatorade, and it's just called Gatorade flavor, which is lemon lime. Simple answer. There's no other uh, name for it. Just Gatorade. That's what it is. <laughs> I state that by my age because okay, so. Gatorade came out. It was lemon lime. Popsicles are named by color. Don't care the flavor. Just give me a red. Okay. Line. Okay. All right. And the next one is slides or Crocs. Uh, I absolutely hate Crocs. So <laughs> <laughs> simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's. Talk here. I know you sent me some talking points. This is very, this is different for my uh, my podcast here because normally I just go off the cuff. But thank you very much for doing this. And I know we mentioned a little bit before we started recording about when uh, he was big pussy because there was two pussies. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Who's the other? Oh, yeah, because that was the big conundrum in the first season because Junior wanted to whack uh, the one pussy in Artie Bucco's restaurant, and he told Junior no. Everything that's, I think that kind of like started everything. That was a very weird fight now that I remember that. Well, it's interesting that you bring up Artie because he fought with them the entire series. And we didn't actually add it as one of our talking points, but it's definitely interesting that you brought it up because he fought with that guy the entire yeah. time. And I can relate that back to whether or not he's living two different lives, good life and bad life. And Artie is a good life, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because he, oh, yeah, we could save that for later because he dated Artie's wife or something. Right. 
prior to already being with her. Like, this is like second season Pussy Gets Whacked. Yeah, that was the end of the second season. I think it was actually the last episode, if I remember correctly. I mean, the big thing of I... Sopranos, oh. the big portion of the, or the Sopranos came out in a time of like TV shows being like Seinfeld and Frasier and uh, Friends, and they were all nice TV shows. So HBO comes out with Sopranos that's like raunchy, right? I mean, it was at a time of like Blockbuster and Video Factory being big. So people were paying for different types of shows, which are HBO capitalized with Sopranos. It was masculine, violent, <laughs> and raunchy. So people liked it. It was different. I think it set the stage, you know, going forward with how how people enjoy TV versus definitely not friends right yeah well i think also too is you needed a mafia a modern day look on the mafia because if you look at everything else uh godfather 3 absolutely sucked i do not count that at all um but everything else is set in like anywhere between like the 40s to the 70s pretty much even maybe a little bit into the 80s like with goodfellas um the godfather yeah casino and stuff like that where times have definitely changed so i mean this was you know a fresh look on the mafia and per se that way almost like uh kind of like TV now versus kind of TV compared to all in the family. It's was a turning point. I look at it that way where you couldn't, I don't think you could have quite the show like you do with Sopranos. Well, you couldn't have it on a regular network. I don't think you could do that. So HBO. It was definitely a turning point from the regular sitcom comedy in 99 to hard and edgy. And I remember it was something that you had to watch when I was in high school. It was like you, I didn't watch it in high school. There was no HBO in the Lens household there. Uh, I think it, we just got rid of Cinemax because there was nothing good on there. Um. So, I mean, this was something that when I had the chance to watch it, I definitely watched it. I think you'd agree at that point in time, if you were able to catch it, like I said, I watched it live. If you were able to catch it like that, that was, it was different TV. mm -hmm. And I think it did set the stage even for you made mention of being HBO and um, Showtime or, you know, one of the, that couldn't be on regular TV, but think of what TV morphed into. You know what I mean? Like TV now is much more raunchy than it was back in the nineties. It's not friends. I go back to that. <laughs> so I, I personally cannot stand TV. Oh, I feel if you watch it is some crime drama that I don't know. I find irritating or they try and move into some military aspect that I feel is irritating. 
So I would love if TV went back to sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> there are 45, you know, different uh, cop reality TV type shows. Oh, can't <laughs> stand off of Law and Order <laughs> from the 90s. <laughs> NYPD Blue, I think that may have started it. I remember I was, I'm so old, I remember when there was one Law and Order. So do I. <laughs> but we go, as we, you know, dive into it, like the first season, like we said, it was like this whole big argument. Uh, <clears throat> you kind of, I felt it had good character development at this point, because you kind of kind of map out who you hated and who you didn't like. Um, and it, the first season, other than other, other than other TV shows that I've watched that are a drama, I felt was way better than most like breaking bad. I don't think the first season was very good at all, but this one was like really good. And there's, um, great little spats and everything else. Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but throughout the entire series, they evolved characters and characters were, all the characters were never really roomed together. I mean, it always seems like they were around each other, but if you look back at uh, the character Chris, who they gave him an intervention, that was like one of the only times like the main group of characters were together in one point. The rest of the series, most of it, it was always some sort of roadmap of character development throughout. And they were never, I don't know how to put this, but grouped together like that. So it's interesting <laughs> to see in them grow. And you it, it popped right off from the first season. It started from season one. It was just character development all the way through. And then through the t- entire series, Tony evolved to a point where you said before the show is I didn't like Tony. <laughs> And it's interesting because we've seen that with a lot of different characters. Yeah, because Polly Walnuts, I really enjoyed. And then it just kind of dropped off from there. Um, who else? Was, I, the Chris character. Well, I was always rooting for him. The Chris character. <laughs> you like, get your really? ass together. <laughs> yeah, I always was rooting for him. I said, when Tony murdered him or, you know, whacked him after the car accident, you're thinking like, for me, I was like, that poor guy. I mean, I hated that he did the drugs. It, it, it bothered me in the, sh- the whole series. It was kind of like a aggravation, but I guess you could see that, you know, it was part of his development, but still, I always was rooting for the guy. He's like the little under, the little weakling guy, I guess. Think of him in- Yeah, because that's all he ever felt like. Right. <laughs> Season one, he was like kind of. You know, it was at the end of a, a joke at all the time. I, what was the one? I forgot which one it was, but it was like, uh, I think it was a Christmas episode, and or they were flashing back, and that's when Jackie was still in charge, and. 
they show Chris and he's wearing like his hat backwards and he's just looking like some little kid, even though they didn't even try to age him to look like a little kid. But that's mm-hmm. all I remember is like he was just throughout, even when he like an absolute lackey and a piece of crap like like you were stating. But he got I got a little tired of him at certain points. I, actually, not so much of him, his girlfriend. That was one part where I was like, yes. Okay. So let me ask I, I you this. Sound like it is did you shit. did you want Tony to have sex with her or did you not? <laughs> That's a good question. I did just so it could prove to how big of a skank she kind of was and that character and how annoying it was. But I didn't because that would be really messed up of Tony to do that. Was it because you were and other than it was his, messed up of Tony uh, or you were rooting for I said, was it because you were messed up of Tony or you were rooting for Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be rooting for the guy. <laughs> I, I just. She was just horrible. I hated any time. Anytime Tony cheated, I hated that part. Not because so much he was cheating, because other than the power, it's like, how are you snagging all these super hot women? Even when that, like, I could understand the strippers at the Bada Bing, but I could not understand at all like the real estate agent do just some guy and he ate constantly just ate constantly and it just annoyed me i think you'd have to look at the fact that it was a masculine show some people would say it would be the ultimate alpha male but i mean you're also thinking this guy has money he's the head of a family, so he has power, and then he had charm. He knew how to speak to people, and that's what the missing part of it is. This is why he was landing girls. He could speak to people. He was so annoying, just so annoying. <laughs> he was like, he was like super was- cool at the beginning. Like I, he was, he was a very relatable character for me in kind of in the beginning with the ducks and you know how you got to kind of decompress yourself from stress and everything else and like i could understand he had kids i have kids and it's like kids are assholes sometimes but other than that he just kind of annoyed I think we could venture into a couple of points. I mean, for me, the show 
continued to surprise you throughout the entire series. And even rewatching it, it was like still surprising to me, you know, after so many years that I watched it previous and then come back to watching it. And it was just, I go back to the, the character development, the plot development, you know, Chase made this series where he was, there was going to be no, nobody was safe. There was no character that could, you know, ultimately not be removed. He wasn't going to give in to what the fans of the series wanted. You know, and I, I was saying to you earlier about Dr. Melfi when everybody that saw her get raped and then goes through the point where the police can't help her and then she's there with Tony in the one session and she's at the verge of basically telling Tony, hey, Tony, you know, this is what happened. And knowing that he would take care of the problem, but she doesn't because, I mean, I believe that that she's his moral compass throughout the series. Not that I enjoyed by any means watching the portions where he sat in therapy. I think that was probably one of the worst parts of the show for me. Um, I would probably just prefer to fast forward through them, but I think they're good in the point that they explain the difference between his two families. You know, he had his work family, then he had his home family and the struggles between it. That's what explained the show. Yeah. Cause, but again, I, I, I don't, I don't think I'd necessarily say I liked watching that portion of it. See, I didn't mind the therapist portion too much because I, I think you alluded to it a little bit there is you needed it because these were things that he discussed with her and, and you alluded to it before where nobody's in the same room with each other. Mm -hmm. He discussed things with her on both sides. So most of the time, it was like the meeting, it was like the meeting of the two families, right? That's where they converged with Dr. Melfi's office. Yeah, because he would talk. He would never talk. Well, he didn't, couldn't kind of talk about Carmelo, about his other family. But then again, he wouldn't talk about his family problems too much with his work family. So that's definitely where I enjoyed it because then when she painted him into a corner in a way get confrontational or try and change the subject on everything so you knew that he this was his vulnerable point of being an alpha male like you talk about your feelings and then he'd get all angry because he didn't want to do it because then he'd feel less like a man right and that's where I liked him. Well, because he didn't want, in both families, he had to be the head of the household. He was the head of each family, right? So in there, if that was being yeah. seen as, he, he took it as a a weaker stance, you know what I mean? Remember when he came out of the hospital after being shot, he like beat up his bodyguard or his buddy, like over the coke? It's the show yeah. that like masculinity that helps yeah. him. He like, literally has to like kind of <laughs> confront the guy and literally beat him up. 
and be like, hey, I still got it. I'm still the guy. And that's what he would do in that in Dr. Melfi's office, right? He'd have a little tantrum, throw stuff around, yell at her, slam the door, leave. It was the same concept. Or he would get in a fight with Carmella. I mean, and one of the biggest scenes there was their argument. Like, it was, you know, it's, it was like pure insanity, screaming back and forth. Like, she literally freaks out. And it was like, you know, a great scene in there because it's like a crashing point to his home life. I mean, AJ's trying to kill himself. Meadow's out doing whatever she wants, almost to a point of like for spite. And then Carmela's just like throwing her hands up. So his worlds are, were just literally crumbling. Yeah, I'd, I felt for Carmela definitely on like every aspect of like the show in a way i mean i love the part where she goes and she talks to the priest and then she gets rid of all the things that pretty much that tony bought her with like the money that he made from his work Tosses all the way and she gets pissed off because she realizes that she's doing this whole two lives thing. She's living off of other people's miseries and stuff like that. Kind of like when that guy ran up those gambling debts and Meadow wanted a car. <laughs> so he oh, just. Oh, yeah. So he, he didn't take it. His, uh, son's car. <laughs> Her friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like one of those things. Like, yeah, you're getting these things, but somebody else is just like <laughs> losing out royally. Another thing with Carmela is her and Furio. Did you want to see that go down? No, I absolutely hated it. It made me hate his character. I like that he was a cool bodyguard, Italian guy. Like, macho like the silent man who took care of you know stuff and then it was like just randomly like smiles at the door one day and she's like oh and smiles back and it was like the building of this i don't know i just didn't like the direction that they took it i I felt like he was just a better character just being kind of on the sidelines and not developed so much just it was cool when he would like go into the rooms and just beat people up and then it's okay that's how I took them, at least. I don't know. I don't know what your opinion on it. Like, the tables were turned on Tony in that aspect. Like, how would he deal with this compared to, like, when Carmela flipped out when the Russian mistress called him, called the mm-hmm. house? Um, so, I mean, there was that where... It was that, but they always try to make a human side to each character, and I think that's what it was. That was Furio's human side. I didn't like it. <laughs> human side. <laughs> Made him he... weak. <laughs> yeah, but even Tony had the human side when he killed uh, Ralph. Good. Ralph deserved it. That, how is that fine? Why? Because Ralph was annoying. <laughs> I hate that actor anyways. That was the guy that was from uh, The Matrix also. <laughs> he did well in like Bad Boys too. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. He just... I hated his character. 
he was so like weaselly. I don't know. He beat up that one stripper. I mean, that was like one of the most violent portions of the whole series, right? That little beating the girl's head off of the uh, was it the guardrail or something off the ground? And yeah. Then Tony smacks the snot out of him and you know breaks protocol of the whole mafia. He did that a lot. Yeah, I think that was part of like the Tony's character of I do whatever I want type of. He he did a lot. He walked a very very thin line. So let me very ask you this: line with a lot of that stuff. All right. Let me ask you this: when when pussy was whacked, why did they portray Tony being ill? So why did he get food poisoning? Was it you know what's your take on that? So he was you know, I don't know if you remember the episode, but he was basically completely out of it, barely could function, and then he has to go out on the boat which is kind of the irony of being motion sickness and throwing up to kill pussy. So what's your take on that? Maybe it wasn't food poisoning. Maybe he just didn't want to kill his friend. I think that's probably what it was. Because he was, I mean, this was a topic from what the end of season one all the way season two you know well i think each one of them had i don't i i, I agree I, with what you're saying and i i'd say that because they toasted if i remember right right like hey let's have a toast right before they kill him it was like they're coming of terms mm-hmm. and what we saw with tony being ill was him coming to terms with this is what's going to have to happen I think it's one of those things where in that type of line of work, killing becomes very easily to someone. I think that's when the killing gets hard. And that's what happened to Tony because they, that's when they called him out on the boat too. Cause he kept on saying that he met some Puerto Rican girl and everything else. And then they were like, but there was no Puerto or... Rican girl. <laughs> yeah. His back or something like that. Yeah. He had back problems cause he was faking that because he had the wire. Mm-hmm. He was faking that he was uh, injured and then he went on some retreat or something to get better. How about the AJ? Speaking of like informant. Oh, you know what? AJ was one of those people that they took that character. I felt in a different way that I was imagining, but I could see why they took it that way. Like I figured he was going to try and do something with AJ, maybe into the family. Like kind of like Jackie Jr. Like, but that whole uh, Jackie Jr. is a completely different story. That's Jackie a different Jr. topic. Is <laughs> but I just meant Jackie that Jr. Is... his dad was the boss, and then yeah. he you know, moved into the family, and that's how you would think. I think that was the the case with, you know, part of their idea in making the series was that AJ wasn't going to just conform to the normal ideology that we would think would be the mafia. You know, 
Tony's boss and the son's just going to move up to it. You know, he was like the complete opposite, right? He was a gothic kid at one time, smoked pot in the garage. He just, you know, he was like the complete opposite of what you would think. But back to the suicide scene, I remember watching this firsthand when it was on and I was like, just drowned. (laughs) Because by that time, I was like, you're such a horrible character. And it wasn't the actual it was the character, not the guy playing the character, but it was just literally the character. It was just, I couldn't take it. <laughs> the, I was just like, you're so whiny. Like, stop whining. Another thing with this character, too, is what they did where they get into the whole suicide thing is in the goth and all that stuff. Is if you watch Tony, if you watch the flatbacks of Tony seeing his dad, in the way that he talks about his dad, he idolized his dad, where AJ did not idolize Tony at all. And he always, and it led into what a teenager was, where he was like the well, social justice. To remember. Uh, you got to remember this. He was entitled. Yeah. Right? So AJ was a spoiled brat i mean you go back to it might have been the first episode or so remember when his grandma was in come he's like what the fuck no big ZD." <laughs> <laughs> that like starts out his whole character like you know i got the best video games i should get a car i should get this you know he was so entitled but then his life was such crap you know he has one little girlfriend that goes south and he's depressed beyond belief I would see, yeah. You then that's I think that's when he tried to like kill himself. But yeah, I was in the same boat with you where it was just like, can you please? I don't want to see. Well, it's a character, so I just wanted to see him die because it was just more or less. This is not how I feel about somebody in real life, but I wanted the <laughs> character to die because I was just, I was sick of him. I was just sick of hearing him whine, kind of like you. I agree. Want to cry, sick of the oh, woe is me, just baby bullshit coming out of his mouth. So I just, yeah. But I then agree. the best part he of his suicide, his best part of the suicide attempt was that he fails miserably at it. He's even so shitty that <laughs> he ties the rope too long to the cinder block. And like, it's just a miserable attempt. And you're just like, God, you just screw everything up. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, that, uh, the whole, put the put the bag back on his head, Tony. Like, hey, let him go. <laughs> yeah, get the zip tie out. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. That was just so annoying all the way around. Please. Just the whole AJ. <laughs> Even Meadow got whiny and. Like you said, that entitled teenage thing and everything else. Then she became the social justice warrior and just mm-hmm. she had at least a career path. Yeah, but she uh, did I everything spitefully that, too. Other than that. Yeah. The kids were then the interest. The interesting part, though, is that they bring them all together for the final scene, which we can touch on in a little bit. But, you yeah. know, 
the whole problems, they still sum back, you know, add up together at that last final scene. I think one of my favorite parts, I know I, I sent it to you, is one of my favorite parts during say, the last, I think it was in the last season. I watched them all back to back just recently, so everything kind of blends. Is I love the fact that they show a times are changing, like when the, the two guys were going around uh, trying to collect protection money, and they go to like the Starbucks place, and the guy's like, "Listen, they count every bean, they count everything else." So. I'll- <laughs> guy and then he'll get fired and they were like screw it and then tony sells the that uh building so it could become a java juice and then they're like wow the old neighborhood's not going to be the same that part i gotta say surprised me too because i think that was a good change into tony knowing that things had to change in a way Because you remember, he looked around the neighborhood, and he sees the old lady across. I sell this property. And the next thing I know, he's signing the papers, and he's selling that property. So that that was a very interesting whole aspect of the show as well. Well, I think it was to keep the show up to pace with modern times, right? They didn't want it to be stagnated into just one era so Mm -hmm. it was like keep it up you know like gentrification was occurring across that period of time in all urban areas so it was a way to just keep the show moving forward and to change the mafia from where it was like you brought up you know it was always back in the 50s or godfather era to modern times and it was just interesting i mean I i thought it was funny that they went into the coffee place and it was just typical I don't know Starbucks style place like they <laughs> count every bean <laughs> so it was just funny to me yeah that was, I mean that was probably like one of the small points such a way because I do love the classic old mafia movies but that one stood out to me uh we were going to talk about Artie, good old Artie Bucco for a little bit. Oh, yeah, good old Artie. So, I mean, he's a character that you would <laughs> – do you love him or do you hate him? Or, <laughs> is he annoying? And why was he always trying to fight? I think it's he trying to make himself feel bigger? Like, <laughs> I think it was – I mean, he tried to beat him up, kill him. Remember when there's a scene where he goes in the parking lot with that, like, wimpy little gun? <laughs> like a <laughs> – like a rifle, but it was like a twenty-two or something. <laughs> and it's almost to the point where it's like, yeah, look how wimpy the guy is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was that like like hunting bolt action. Right, right. I like a little. And then Artie it gets to the point the... where like they had to bring it in that like, hey, he slept with your wife before. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like they continuously just. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they just created him to be such a wimp. You know, he cried. (laughs) 
his him and his wife split up and then his wife started dressing different and the guys were like sitting at the table at the restaurant like it's still like oogling her and there's poor Artie in the back making food and there's trying to bang his like the wife that he separated from <laughs> but he always made terrible decisions too right he was like he, he was just always a, like a second guy to Tony. And I think that's what they wanted his character to be like throughout the show. Just He never was going to live up to what Tony was. You know, they were childhood friends, but he was always like the little guy next to him. So when he ran a business, it, it was crap. When he tried to lend the guy money, he gets burned. He tries to beat the guy up, the guy beats him yeah. up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he always <laughs> just was weak. Well, that was like his only legit friend, right? Yes, I believe so. And then to sum it up. That's the only one I remember. Tony slept with his wife before. (laughs) Yeah. And then to go back to the whole Jackie Jr. thing, Jackie, my opinion, Jackie Jr. was a giant loser trying to live off of his father's name and try to act cool and pretty much played the game and lost big time because he had no idea what he was. Yeah, I can agree with that. He wasn't very, uh, he definitely wasn't, he was a college kid. You know, he's, he reminded me of like a prep dude, right? He didn't, he definitely didn't fit into the, the gangster scenery and he got what was coming to him. I mean, I remember the one time Meadow was like, had the flu or something and he was still trying to make passes at her. Like, well, what, you're not going to give me some? <laughs> She's like, what? disgusting flu. And he's sitting there like, Hey, you're not going to give me some? Like it just, and then he leaves. All right. I'm going to go hook up with some other girls. <laughs> I hated Jackie Jr. Was this the Tony fights? Was this when they were going to kill him the first time or the second time? No, I think the Tony, one of a good turning point of like Tony's character was when I don't know if you, he was so like depressed. And I, I don't know if it was like one of the first times where he was like, they showed him for like almost a whole entire episode where he was like, I think it was the Isabella one. I think that was that girl's name where he was like imagining the girl from like Italy, what he thought, but he was like moping around and then he gets up and he finally goes to the convenience store and he gets orange juice, which I thought was a little okay. funny because it's like from Godfather. And then the guys come <laughs> to actually kill him, but he like literally turned like, he's like a light switch and he just pounds yeah. this guy and he even tells Dr. Melfi like what a, you know, a jolt to the nervous system. Try getting shot. I think that's just the point where it's like, you know, Tony's never going to back down. Like through this entire series, like he's not, he's going to have these spells, but he's never, he's always going to be the guy who's fighting. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's when junior put the hit out on him. Yes. Junior. What a loser. We didn't even mention junior. I mean, oh, junior goodness. was your, he was Junior. another guy that. Junior's another guy lived off of his 
brother's name, I felt. And by the time he became the boss, it was just to pull the heat off of Tony. Yeah, he was just a, a puppet for Tony, and Tony was obviously pulling the strings for that. But he was – I liked his character, and I really enjoyed the scene where he shot Tony because it was just like the whole maneuver of him coming down with the gun. And like, it was just funny. And he's like, ah, what'd I do? Like, just the look on his face is just priceless to me. <laughs> and then he runs upstairs and hides the gun. It's just I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, that was a good yeah. – But soon you're like – and then also I, I think I said it to you before when he was like, you know – running the racket of like cards getting the cokes and the candy bars at the uh at the old person's home <laughs> i thought that was kind of funny but yeah. that was like for me it was like his peak like that was what junior was good at <laughs> not running the whole family oh no they finally made him the boss so what about Jan? He ran out and he got the suit oh the sister yeah, the sister, Janice. Like, what about her? Waste. Until she started messing around with Bobby. Uh, what about when she killed the... Uh, Richie? Richie, yeah. He I did. applauded that because I didn't really like Richie. No, Richie was a terrible character. <laughs> On the... I think got killed that wasn't like a main character. Um is who Steve Buscemi's character. The cousin. Yeah, he was the cousin that was in jail for something that occurred way back when and then he ended up getting killed on the porch of that farm by Tony. Yeah. That one I <laughs> that one I felt for because like you could That Tony definitely did not want to do, but he knew that he had to, or Tony was going to be in some deep shit per se because he messed with uh, what he he shot the one guy's brother. I hated that guy too. Yeah, he, he went out of line. Of the family. I'm glad he got. Yeah, I'm glad he got shot in that gas station saying goodbye to his grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> I hate just certain people where once they got like just straight shot or killed, I was like, cool, now we can move on with this stuff. Yeah, that was one thing that was good with the show. You knew it was going to be paced. It was, Sometimes you felt like it was a little bit dragged out, like they just kept extending the character, but they did end them, which I thought was good. Like you said, it's just like, okay, now we can move on. Yeah, that was that was one guy that, that I when Chris died, I felt worse when Chris died because Chris had a kid. And you know, it that's like when he had he, a decent family. I felt like Chris. Yeah. Like I really it, that was probably the one time I was actually looking for him to succeed because he was almost in that AJ entitlement character there for a while too. Um, like in the first season, like I run with Tony, the Tony Prancer guy that's not even made yet.
that's where that's where but as the show went on it was really different i felt with chris Felt felt like you could root for Chris. Oh, we're gonna. But there was. Yeah. But. You moving on? I know <laughs> this is the only thing we talk. Yeah, this is another thing we talked about. The dumbest point I thought, and you know, I understand where you're coming in with you you explained it and i understand it but the dumbest point of the show i thought was the whole veto being gay thing (laughs) i don't think it necessarily even needed to be in the show no i don't what benefit did you gain from that character as a whole i learned how to make johnny cakes (laughs) <laughs> I mean there was no real benefit and then he shoots the poor guy in his driveway for getting his mail or he rear-ended him Just, I don't know yeah one innocent soul lost his life because of that I saw this. useless character <laughs> I saw this uh, he, the, the actor that plays him I I saw him on like Facebook and I I don't know how big of an actor he is. I've never seen him in really anything else. Um looking at his filmography, he was in number 2. But this guy will charge if you want to interview him, he will do an interview with you for $150. So I think that kind of turned me off from the character even more. <laughs> but it, <laughs> I have to say to it was definitely character fun. based on what he charges <laughs> for an interview. Yeah. You're now <laughs> I know I'm probably like killing this. But... I mean he was a disgrace of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's worth hundred and fifty dollars to talk about how he had to play a gay character. But I mean the... <laughs> It's just, I didn't, I, it, it was the most worthless point part of that whole entire season. In way less episodes, you could have showed us, now that I think about it, it would have been better if you could have just showed us what Big Pussy was actually doing to help fill in space than show us about how Vito was gay. I just don't know what – I can't make an actual benefit to the show. Like, well, how did the show benefit from that character? I just don't – I'm not making a connection at this point. I don't know if there was one. The, the only thing I could think about is when they wanted to kill him for, I guess, being gay. Um because yeah, it's a masculine show. Um, that's what I wanted to know, too. You know, like, why okay. was he such a, like, he was the best guy out, the top earner? He was, like, all this, but then he was, like, this hidden closet stuff. Was it just to keep with modern times? You know what I mean? Was it just, I feel like he was Phil. He just wasn't needed. I don't know. 
He was. I think it was just a modern time thing. And how can we... I think you just needed to bring a gay character into the show. I know he did the whole... um, He did the whole weight loss thing and everything else. Oh, he was a captain, too, at that point. Yeah, he was a captain. He was a captain because the one guy died on the toilet taking a shit. I remember that. <laughs> That's how he became the captain. But other than that, he could have he could have went he could have went away for like ever, and I would have been fine with it. Yeah, there were a couple of characters. There's that were too like many. That. There was that time. The only character that was you could consider Phil that actually had a part that actually served a purpose because he kind of went with the storyline was uh, what was his name Patsy other but he was all right he was going to kill Tony Tony too yep. Yeah, but he was more. He was a, he was a very dorky mafia guy. <laughs> but he was ruthless. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the wacky end. Crappy filler characters like, Gay Vito. <laughs> <laughs> So what How do you did th- you uh, the? Go ahead. I never, I never saw the ending until uh, this year. I never saw like the actual ending with all the episodes and everything else. Like I knew about the ending, but I never saw the ending until this year. And before I was thinking, okay. That's a good ending to the show. But when you invest time into the show, that has to be one of the most BS open ended endings I've ever seen in my life. And why are they eating at such a shitty restaurant, too? It looked like a quaint little diner. But that's not what you would expect them to eat at. For me, it was like, no, I watched it. I remember waiting all week for it to come out and come on, and that's how it ended. And I kind of remember being like the WTF, like, are you kidding? Like, what happened? But I think that's like the mystery of the whole show. You know what I mean? It's like it lets us wander to what, what occurred. Did he get, was the whole family killed? Did they just go on? Was he out living in, you know, happy-go-lucky life after that like where did it go and i think that's kind of the even the way the show was the entire series just open never knew what was going to happen and then it just open-ended just black screen i mean it's kind of no show has ever done that right no have you ever watched nurse jackie no great show watch it it's with uh edie falco who played carmella she mm-hmm. plays the nurse. Great show. You should watch it. It's on Netflix. It was a really I'll have to check it out. Really, see, now I just ruined it for you. But I'm not going to tell you the whole ending, but it is kind of uh, 
open ending, open ended uh, ending in this. Uh, yeah, because the only other drama that I've ever watched, other than Nurse Jackie, pretty much where it was kind of something like this. Uh, well, you got. <laughs> Weeds was kind of a drama, and then there was Breaking Bad. I kind of went through like a drug dealing stage and watching TV there for a while. Even Breaking Bad gives you closure, and this was one show, and I need closure. I need closure when I watch <laughs> TV shows. Weeds gave you <clears throat> Weeds gave you closure. You have no idea how many YouTube videos I've watched trying to help me figure out the ending of The Sopranos. And David Chase, the show producer, it just keeps on saying it was meant to just keep you guessing and just you kind of choose the ending of what happened. I think that's like the I book, mastery of I have the, to choose an ending. Yeah. I mean, there were several cues in that final scene of like, AJ comes in, he's happy. He's got, you know, a nice car. Then Meadow shows up and then they're talking nice. He puts the music on, but then they show you like the guy that could potentially kill him. And then he goes into the bathroom. You know, there were so many little. I think there was two or three guys that came. Right. Like little avenues that could have occurred. And then it just goes black. I mean, it's creative. What way to go out? I would. If I had to choose based on. We're just snapping and getting annoyed that we can't get told what the ending is. <laughs> That's why we're mad at it. I would like. Yeah, I would like to know the ending. Do you. I know they were talking about it. Would you watch the whole Sopranos movie where they show young Tony? Um, I would watch anything, really. So, of course, I'd watch it and then make my decisions afterwards. And I think the last question I pretty much got to ask you is give me, like, um, your top five favorite characters throughout the whole entire, throughout the whole entire series, you know, like somebody that you watched, like by the end of the series, who are your top five? We'll go there. I liked, I'm in any order. I liked, uh, Tony, Carmela. I was always rooting for Carmela. Then Chris, Bobby, and then probably Pussy prior to, uh, no, Sill. I would say Sill instead of Pussy. Sill was always like, cool dude. I don't know, the little look, the, the walk, like he was, yeah. Is that five? I didn't count him. <laughs> I didn't count him either. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's about four or five. If you want to name one other, go for it. Now you're putting me on the spot. I don't know if I have another. Definitely wasn't AJ's winery character. (laughs) I think it was, I think you mentioned you really enjoyed Ralph too. Oh, Ralph.
What about Johnny Sack? We never even said anything about him. He he ripped Sigs. I don't think he was he. I don't know if he was <laughs> never on camera without a cigarette, and then he dies of lung cancer. So I wonder if that was a clue. Well, that's why I was waiting for Tony to die of a heart attack or something, because Tony was always eating something. Well, I think in real life that's what ended up occurring to him, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Sorry about that. Yeah. RIP. <laughs> <laughs> My guys, by the end of the episode, or this whole I think Sill was the best. He he was like the funniest. He was very low key. Uh, I don't know if we talked about that being Doctor Melfi being the moral compass. I think Sill was also a moral compass for Tony in a way. Also, uh, who else we got? Yeah, just I really, yeah. Walnuts, even though he got a little bit backstabby and crappy towards the end. No, now I'm on the spot. I thought I had this all. Oh, uh, Bobby. So Bobby, did you like Bobby? I, I like the Bobby was, character. But did you like Bobby when he was with Junior, or did you like him post Junior? I liked him throughout the whole entire time. Yeah, I think he stayed steady. He just, and then I like that he beat Tony up. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. I think Bobby was the most relatable character to me on this show. That's how I felt about Bobby. Like, if I had to pick a guy that was closest like me, I would pick Bobby. Because he was like this weird, I felt he handled the double up than Bobby, but I felt like he handled it a lot better than Tony. Um, and then the the next, yeah, Tony, I got to like Tony. Tony was cool throughout the whole entire thing. And do I want to say Chris? Do I want it? I don't. I I do. Definitely don't say Richie. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Chris. I want the rip and sig thing and everything else and. I loved it when he had to talk about his fat wife, though. <laughs> and he, and he finds the hidden like cookies after they made fun of her, and then all of a sudden they uh, <laughs> they find he finds like the candy, and he starts yelling at her, <laughs> even though he just stuck up for her. I think that pretty much draws this to an end on our lovely Sopranos retrospective and everything else. 
And did you, oh, did you know? Okay, this was the other thing, because I know you're big in the TV and everything else. Uh, do you remember the guy, Benny? He's like followed around Polly where I don't recall him. Uh, he did. He was dating the. He was the one stealing credit card numbers along oh, with. Oh yes, yes, yes! I do the, remember. He was uh, Chris's body at some point, and then he yeah. was. Uh, he was in Artie's uh, restaurant taking the credit card numbers. Yeah, and he was Tony's driver there for a while too. You know that was yes, Vinny I from. Do you know that, that was Vinny. Yeah, from Doogie Hauser. <laughs> did you know that? Yeah, that was Doogie Hauser, MD, baby. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know it until I looked it up, where I was like, because I, I needed to know how old he was. I was like, how old is this guy? Is he like 45 or is he 19? I don't know how old he is. But that pretty much wraps it up. And thank you for doing this show with me. This was a lot of fun. We definitely got to do more in the future. Sounds good, Andrew. It was a good time. And thank you very much. Welcome. No problem. And for the listeners out there, thank you very much for listening. And once again, the Truman Show ending. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. talking and what is it for well i'm here to let you know that my name's anthony and i'm the host of the vinyl divers podcast at the bicbp network on vinyl divers i like to break down my favorite albums listen to vinyl and most importantly talk music whether it be a classic rock album one week and then a deep dive into some punk history the next one thing that's certain is we're always going to have a good time so hit subscribe dim the lights and let's get diving.